Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Tonight, we're going to be in the Word of God. As always on Wednesday nights, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So if you would, grab your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be in verse 12 to start off, and we're going to go through verse 27. I see that Joseph and Mary have made it, so we can start. (laughs) Eric Adam gave me the heads up, so welcome Joseph and Mary. I also want to welcome everyone who's watching online through our streams, whether it's Facebook or live stream or YouTube, and everyone that's listening live right now on 89.7, Grace FM or 101.7 down in the Springs. We welcome you guys. Even though you're not here, know that we know you're listening and we care for you too. Uh, But tonight we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be discussing uh, how we are a member of the body of Christ. And just to start off, I'm going to start off a little story about me and how amazing my childhood was. Uh, When I was young, in elementary school, going through middle school, if you asked me what the perfect day in my summer vacation would look like, it would look like hours spent in my room building Legos. That's just what I did. And I loved them. I loved Legos. I loved going to Target and with however much money I saved for my birthdays because you don't have a job in elementary school or middle school, so I would save up for weeks and months in advance, do my chores, quarter after quarter I would earn, I'd save it up, go to Target, buy the biggest set I could afford, go home, open up the box, open up each bag, pour all the Legos in one pile, and slowly build page by page this amazing masterpiece of an art form called Legos. And that was my summer. I would spend hours doing it. And what was cool was, I love the fact that these tiny little pieces, you know, however many hundreds there were, would eventually become this amazing whatever it was. For me, Star Wars Legos were the biggest thing. They were brand new, so it was usually a really cool ship that no one could imagine. And I would take these little Legos page after page, put them together, and amazingly at the end of it, I would just stare at it and say, wow, I built that. That was it. That's how I'd play with my Legos. I'd stick it on a shelf, and that was every morning. I'd just wake up, wow, I built that. And then I would go and buy another Lego, do the same thing again, build it up, put it on the shelf. Wow, I built those. And that's how I would play. That was just my summer vacation. However, Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, he's going to be using an analogy about the body, explaining how all of us are different members of the spiritual body of Jesus Christ. We're all different pieces that when put together are effective for the ministry of sharing the gospel with those who have yet to hear it. And he uses this analogy in such a great way. I was, I was at our response service, our afterglow service, and I was going through the scripture, just wondering, Lord, what are you going to speak to me through? Like, how are you going to use this? What are, what are we going to do? We come to the end of the afterglow service, and I'm like, well, okay, he gave me this word, but I have no reason to use it. So that's interesting. Okay, so I, I dwelt on it a little bit. A couple days later, as of yesterday, my dad said, hey, I need you to teach for me tomorrow night. I was like, oh, no way. Well, I just got this word uh, from the response service, and I think it's perfect for tonight and for our fellowship. So I'm thankful that the Lord speaks, and that's a little plug for our response service. If you guys go or do not go yet, I encourage you, come on out. It's a sweet time of hearing from the Lord with us in a different environment. So if you would, pick up with me in chapter 12, starting in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians. 
We're going to read through verse 14, and I'll give you some background after we do. It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. And we'll pause there. Paul in this book or this letter to the Corinthian church is doing a few things. A lot of exhortation is going on from chapters 1 through 12. Uh, In chapter 1, he specifically hits on in verse 10, there's a lot of division among you. You know, what's going on, Corinthian church? And for those of you who are well-studied in the Bible, you know that the Corinthian church was not the best, moral, upstanding, godly, holy church that they should have been. They were known as the carnal Christians. They had a lot of mistakes. Well, Paul in chapter 12 comes to this place where there's a lot of division in your church, but also understand there's a lot of diversity. And although there's diversity, it doesn't mean that you have to be divided. Just because you're different doesn't mean you have to be divided. And that diversity comes in what we saw in verses 1 through 11, if you were to do a quick study. Or for those of you who are more interested in the spiritual gifts, we have a nice little series on our app called The Gifts you can look up. But verses 1 through 11, he goes through all the different spiritual gifts and explains to them that you as believers each have a spiritual gift. And that same truth is for us tonight. Each of you sitting here tonight has a spiritual gift. You have been blessed with a gift by God to be used for his kingdom and for his glory. Now with that in mind, he comes to starting in chapter 12, verse 12, and reminds them, although you are diverse, although you are many members, you're still of one body. And just like us today, we can look at our bodies, and if you're like me, I don't know every piece of my body, I just know it's there. And I find out about different pieces when they're hurt. And I know that was there. Why is that hurt? Paul uses this great analogy to explain the body of Christ. You see, because when you get saved, you're immediately indwelt with the Holy Spirit. And that's what he means in verses Uh, 13 when he says that you are all been baptized by one spirit. When you get saved, you are no longer just you. You are a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. You are a part of the family of God. You are now a brother or sister with someone who is also saved. And Paul is trying to bring this in perspective for the Corinthian church. He's encouraging them, hey, it's time to stop being divided. It's time to realize that although although that there's differences in you, because of the diversity of gifts that God has given you, you're still all one unit. You're still all a part of the same body. You still are all a part of the same spirit. Because when you get saved, you are indwelt with the Holy Spirit inside of you. So that you are no longer left to living life on your own, but you now have the power to say no to sin and say yes to God. Yes to holiness. Amen? Amen. So Paul is starting chapter 12, the second half, explaining, hey guys, although there's diversity, I want you to know that there's a purpose for your diversity. Although there's many of you, you are all a part of one unit. Although there is a lot going on here, your division doesn't mean you have to be divided. It just means you have a special purpose in God's plan for the Corinthian church. It says in verse uh, 14, and just to reiterate, for in fact, the body is not one member but many. Pick up with me in verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? In verse 16, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? 
If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So we'll pause there again. Paul is using this now analogy that I find pretty funny. It starts off with, guys, if you woke up one morning and your foot said, because I'm not a hand, I'm no longer a part of this body. Is it mean that it's no longer a part of your body? First of all, just picture this as he's explaining to the Corinthian church. If you woke up one morning and somehow your foot could speak, which one is just weird, but something you'd see in a movie. But if you woke up one morning, your foot says to you, you know what, Josh, I'm done being a part of this body. I'm finished. I'm over it because I'm not a hand. I'm tired of being covered with shoes. I'm tired of being covered with a sock. And because you don't respect or know how important I am to your body, because I'm not a hand, I'm done. See you later. It would be a weird conversation to have starting off. But it's also silly to think because you know how important your foot is. You know how important your body parts are. And if that was to happen, it would shock you. For Paul, he's trying to make a point here. And the point's pretty simple. If you're dissatisfied with the spiritual gift that God has given you, it doesn't mean that you get to quit. It doesn't mean that your role stops. It means that you are necessary for the work of him. And although you may not be what you want to be, you still are who you are because God has given it to you. Why is that important? Why is it something to be satisfied with? Well, because of what it says in verse 18. Pick up with me again one more time. Chapter 12, verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Let's put it in a different perspective real quick. For those of you who are married or in a relationship, um, it's okay to feel, and hold on, before I get into that analogy, it's okay for you guys to feel. Let's say you're like, well, you know, I've been kind of feeling like that in the body of Christ. Like, I feel like I'm kind of a foot. You know, I, I don't really get noticed. I'm kind of stinky. You know, it's like what I do for the Lord isn't really grand or amazing. Well, I understand that concept, and I think Paul did too. And I'll give you a, a fun analogy. For those of you who are married and those of you who are dating or in a relationship, I guarantee, and I, I okay, let me take that back. I don't guarantee because this could happen. But I'm pretty positive your first impression of someone wasn't, wow, I love their feet. Those are amazing feet. That's the one. You know, I'm pretty confident that wasn't your first intention. Or the second example that he gives, if the whole body were, or I should say, if, uh, if the ear in verse 16 should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? You guys didn't walk up and say, whoa, those earlobes. That's the one. I can tell by your earlobes. You know, in your, your first conversation, so what really attracted you to me? Was it my heart for God? Was it my mind? No, it was your earlobes. <laughs> like, what? And I can't say that no one has said that here, and I'm not going to, or those of you listening or watching online, but I can say that's most likely not the thing that attracted you to the person you're with. Most likely. And that can be understood for us here in the body of Christ. Sometimes you can feel like your spiritual gift isn't getting the attention it may deserve. Or maybe you're not as effective as what you may see other gifts being effective with. Let's take the stage for example. Uh, every week uh, or most weeks, you see someone up here teaching the word of God. And for some of you, you say, man, I just, I wish I was a mouth. 
You know, I wish I was up there being able to speak the word of God, being seen, being able to be used by God in such a public way. But here I am, an elbow, you know, I'm in the background. You know, I'm not as publicly seen. And that's understandable. But what Paul is trying to show you is that it's also silly. Because God has given you a specific gift in a specific way for his glory and his workmanship. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't said, well, there's no, nothing left to put in the body, so I'm just going to make you a kidney. No, he has a specific gift for you and who you are and the characteristics and how he created you. He loves you. He knows you. He desires you to be used for his glory. And although you may not be what you want or what you think you desire, I'm here to encourage you and remind you, you are what you are because it pleases God for you to be who you are with the gift that you are. Now, some of this message for some of you, you're like, well, I don't even know what my spiritual gift is. Like, how do I, what, what does that even look like? And what I want to encourage you to do is, one, do a deeper study on the spiritual gifts. We have it available for you. Two, ask one of us. We'd love to walk with you and serve with you and, and help you find your spiritual gift or point it out to you. But secondly, I really want to encourage you because the body needs you. And as we're going to see in the rest of this chapter, you're necessary to the body. You are who you are and the function you have and the gift that you have, the diversity you bring to this local body and the church at large is very, very important. We need the feet. We need the hands. We need the kneecaps. You know, we need the elbows and the ears and the eyes. We need the head. We need the brain. We need the lungs. You know, we need those parts of the spiritual body in order to be effective for what God has called us to do, which is to go and reach the lost, preach the gospel, and add to our family so that one day we can rest in heaven glorifying Jesus constantly and continually. That's our call. That's our purpose. So Paul is painting this picture. Guys, I know you're diverse. I know there's divisions. Here's why you guys are different. It's good that you're not all the same. It's good that you're not all just one eyeball, that you're not all just an ear. It's good that you're not all just, your body isn't made up of one part because God has a plan for you. He has a desire for you. He has a design for you. Pick up with me in verse 18. We'll read it again and move through. Uh, it says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable, on these we would bestow greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And we'll pause there. So Paul comes to this place after reminding you, hey, you are who you are with the gift that you have in verse 18 because it pleases God, to verse 19 where he establishes, and if all were one member, that idea of if you were all an eye, how effective would one eye be? It just wouldn't be very effective. Can't do much. If you were all just one nose, you know, how effective would you be as a nose or an ear? It just doesn't make sense. He reaffirms that in verse 20, that there are many members, yet one body. There is great diversity, yet there's one specific role that we have as the body of Christ. 
And you can look at that with our, even our church if you want to go a bigger perspective. We are one church of many churches here in Aurora. We are one part of the body here in Aurora as a community with one mission. And that mission is, again, to seek and save the lost with the gospel of Christ. Paul now moves into verses 21 through 22, and he says this, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of, body, of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And this is, a, is kind of a reminder for us. He's now hitting, he's already, he's already established that one, you guys are different, but it's a good thing. Two, you guys are all specifically given these tasks because it's important that the Lord knows who you are and he desires to give you a special gift. But now he's establishing, let's just say you're a little prideful in what kind of spiritual gift you have. Let's say you're that beautiful eye that catches the attention. You can't look down to the hand and say, I have no need of you. And that's a warning for us as a church. For you and I, we have to be careful that although the Lord's using us in great ways, it doesn't give us permission to belittle someone else in the body because they maybe aren't being used in the same way you are. It's very important. And it's also on the flip side, let's say it's you're not an eye, yet you are the feet or you are something that is not as presentable or not always out in the open. It's important for you to realize that you can't belittle yourself because you don't have the gift that God has, what you desire to have, and one that's more prominent. He's saying that you are necessary. You, although you might feel like you're a weaker part of the body, you are necessary. There's honor that God has given to you. And he even brings up the unpresentable parts. Did you know that even the body parts that aren't seen, you know, because when people see you, they know you for how you look. When I see people, I usually recognize their faces. That's the first thing I recognize. However, did you know that although for some of you ladies, you know, you put on makeup, you get your face ready, all that kind of stuff, all of us take care of the parts that need to be covered. We always wear clothes. We always make sure that before we leave, we are wearing something to cover those unpresentable parts. We take time and effort to do that. And in the same way, Paul's using this analogy for us as a body of Christ. Hey, although you may not be as out there in the open like an arm or a hand or an eye or a face, you're still being cared for because we even cover our unpresentable parts. We even make sure that we give them honor and glory where it's due. If you look in verse, let me get there real quick. In verse is 23, it says, and the members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. On our unpresentable parts, they have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. It's almost as if he has predetermined a checks and balance system. Let's say that there is going to be a part of the body that's going to get more of the attention. However, that doesn't mean it's more important than the part of the body that doesn't get that attention. Attention isn't the key of how we measure how important you are to the body of Christ. What it is, is how God has given you or gifted you and how he's using you in that body to be effective. Example, although men with your arms, you can lift heavy weights. If you didn't have the lungs to do it, you wouldn't be able to use those arms to lift those heavy weights. However, how many people walk up to you and say, man, your lungs make you so strong. I can tell you're strong because of how you breathe. 
That doesn't happen. It just doesn't. It's not natural. But without the lungs, you wouldn't be able to lift with your arms. Without your heart, your body wouldn't be able to move. Without your mind, there would be a lot less of you to be amazed by. Because those are essential parts, yet not always seen. And Paul's trying to make that same uh, correlation for the body of Christ. Although the Lord may be using you in great public ways, it doesn't minimize how the Lord's using those internal hidden parts of the body. And again, it, it follows back with what he was mentioning earlier. Although you may be an internal part and you're like, no, I really want to be something that's seen. Like I want to I be the hand. I want to be the face. I want to be the mouth. God's saying, I picked you and I made you the kidney for a reason. Because every body needs a kidney. I picked you and made you a brain. You have that administrative gift. You're always in the background, making sure things get done because I need you to be the brain. God has given you a specific gift. He's given you a specific tool, task. He has made you a member of this body, specifically Calvary Aurora, for a purpose. He's done it because he needs you to be effective in what you have been called to do so that his glory and his honor might be praised even more. Because the same analogy can be when you hurt yourself, right? When your body suffers, as we're going to see again in this next verse, the whole body suffers. And for us as a congregation, whether it's like our prayer point, um, our third prayer point, which I had a different one set up. I, I knew I was teaching yesterday, so I set up the prayer points. And then I woke up this morning to a text um, that showed me that uh, the Meats family had lost uh, their dad. And I remember them from the mission trips to South Africa. We've taken a few down there. And as soon as I read that, I, I felt it. It was sudden. It was quick. It was cancer. It just came really fast in just a matter of months and took his life. And it was a very big surprise. He was a young, younger man who was healthy, and um, it hurt. You know, the body suffers. We feel for that. Even as I'm saying that, you're, some of you, you know what it feels like to lose someone close, and your heart drops. You know, we pray. Another way the body suffers is when one of us is in sin. When you are actively living in sin, in unrepentant sin, you are hindering the work that God can do through your life. And I don't know about you guys, but as uh, I grew up, I played the sport of baseball. So if I wasn't building Legos, I was playing baseball. And when I was a pitcher, if I hurt my elbow, if it got stiff, I could not throw the ball without pain. And for some of you, when you live in sin, when you are unrepentant in your sin, you're like that stiff elbow. And the Lord's telling us, I need you to throw the ball. Well, I, I, I can't. Why can't you? Well, the part of the body isn't functioning correctly. It's hurt. And when that part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Because oftentimes the lie is, you know, this is my own little sin, right? You know, no one else knows. It's not affecting anyone. This is between me and the Lord. You know, he knows. That's it. He's letting me get away with it. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. The truth is, you're affecting the whole body. And your special gift, your uniqueness, your diversity is being hindered because of that sin. So if you're sinning tonight, I ask that you would just stop. Because we have a mission to do. And that mission is to save people's lives as a body of Christ. Don't affect that. If you're hurting tonight, let us know. Let us pray for you. Let us come alongside you. Pick up with me in verse 26. It says in verse 26, and if one member suffers and all the members suffer with it, or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members 
individually. Back up with me to verse 25. I'm going to cover this as well. It says that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Then it jumps into verse 26. And if the members suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. It's so important to remember that although you may feel unappreciated as the part that you play in this body, God knows exactly how you're serving him and how he's called you. He knows exactly where he wants you and why you're doing what you do. You may not be thanked. You may not be blessed. You may not be getting the praise that you would think you would get if more people knew, but God knows, and your praise is coming. Your thank, your thank yous are coming, but they're not coming from this church. It's coming from the Lord. And it's important, Paul points this out, it's important to realize this, it's important to get this. Remember, he's talking to a divided church, the Corinthian church, a carnal church, a church that doesn't understand spiritual things, and he's reminding them, hey, you need to understand this because if you don't, there's going to be schisms, there's going to be arguments, there's going to be breakage, there's going to be fights, there's going to be disunity. And a disunified body doesn't work. It's that silly analogy of one day you wake up and your foot's just like, I'm out, you know, and it takes you away. It doesn't work. However, when we have these little arguments or when we get carried away with these things that are not as important or not the main mission of sharing Jesus, we have these schisms, we become ineffective. And a lot of them have to do with our own pride. And I've taught on this before, but pride we know is what kicks Satan out of heaven you know, it's what kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. And for you and I, it'll kick us right out of the calling and the purpose that God has put us here on the earth to do. It'll kick you out from understanding and enjoying being able to use the gift that God has given you for his glory and praise. And Paul, he's trying to emphasize, guys, you need to make sure that you understand this. You have a place. Although there's diversity, you're one unit. You represent Jesus. You're the body of Christ. Your family and if you don't get this, there's going to be schisms that are going to stop you. On top of that, in verse 26, if you don't get this, one of you is going to suffer. And when you all suffer, or when one of you suffers, all of you suffer. And it's really hard to minister to one another when there's a schism between you and your brother or you and your sister. You know, it's really hard to go up to someone that you see is hurting when you just had a fight with them two weeks ago and it's unresolved. And you know what? As a body of believers, we're called to come alongside and pray. We're called to come alongside and encourage. You know, the hand can do a lot when you have a cut on your knee. You know, I play softball on Monday nights, and every Monday night, starting week one, the first slide I make on that hard dirt that is underneath hard concrete always opens up my knee every single time. And then a week goes by, it gets healed. The next week, slide again, reopens the same exact spot. Now, my hand can do a lot for my messed up knee. In the same picture for you and I, you can do a lot for the part of the body that is hurting. But if my hand had a grudge against my knee because of some unresolved issue, my whole body would suffer. It would. And again, these analogies are silly, but they make the point, which is why Paul is using it for the Corinthian church. They've gotten to a place where they are divided, where they are carnal, where they're not spiritually minded. So he brings it back to, okay, if you like focusing on the flesh, let's use the body as your example. If you understand that, then this is how I'm going to present this theological idea to you. 
And the same can be said for you and I. If we are not careful to care for one another or to look at our own lives and say, am I being used by the Lord in the way that he desires to use me? Am I satisfied with the role that the Lord has given me? Or am I always trying to be something that I'm not called to be? We're missing out on the opportunity we have to care for one another like we're called to. And the same could be said, too, for uh, those who it says in verse 26, the latter half, let's say you're not suffering, but let's say one of us is honored. And it says in verse 26, uh, or if one member is honored and all the members rejoice with it. Let's say, for example, other ministries outside of Calvary Aurora. If we see that another ministry is doing really well for the things of God, we can look at them in two ways. One, praise the Lord. That is so cool what God is doing through that church and that ministry. Or two, I cannot believe that God chose them. You know, they're not faithful. You know, their worship's not that great. What he, you know, and whatever it might be to cause you to not give them the honor that they're due because they're church family. I think of Harvest America with Greg Laurie. I love seeing thousands of people get saved at an event. And I love the fact that the Lord is using Harvest and the Southern Baptist Convention guys teaming up in Dallas and, and having this huge revival outreach. It's amazing. However, not everyone in the Christian circles agrees with me. And that's disheartening. It's when you see the body isn't working together for the greater cause. Why? Because again, I'll keep mentioning it and re-mentioning it tonight. We're called here to bring people to Christ to add to the family, to plant the seeds. And when we allow ourselves to get divided, and it starts here in our church family, our local church, it'll grow to the larger church and it'll hinder our ability to reach the lost. So this important point Paul is trying to bring, saying, guys, one, there's a bunch of different gifts and not all of you have the same one. For the Corinthian church, if you were to read on in chapter 13 and 14, they are really into the gift of tongues. And there's some things that go over the gift of tongues where he's like, hey, I'm glad that not all of you speak the, in the gift of tongues. Let me tell you something that's more important. It's love. The things you do that don't have love, it's like a clanging brass or a, let me just read it so I don't misquote it because it's only in the next uh, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clinging cymbal. He's going to make this point to the Corinthian church, guys, you need to make sure that you understand your diversity because your diversity is what makes you unique. And what makes you unique is how the Lord's going to use you in Corinth. And for us, the same thing, how God is going to use you in Calvary Aurora, how God is going to use Calvary Aurora in Aurora and Colorado and the nation it's important for us to grasp that although we are diverse, it's because it pleases the Lord, because we're one body, called to one mission, called to do one thing. And Paul emphasizes that in verse 27. It says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And we have some time, so we'll finish the chapter. It says in verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, a variety of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Verse 31, but earnestly desire the best gifts, yet I show you a more excellent way. And that opens up chapter 13, the more excellent way being the way of love. And whatever you do, do it with love. Otherwise, what you do means nothing. 
You could be the best mouthpiece the church has ever seen in a thousand generations, but if you don't love the people that you are calling to come to Christ, if you don't do it with a, a love and a heart to see people's lives be changed for Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean anything. Your words mean nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that the God's word won't return. It won't return void, so don't misunderstand me. God's word is still powerful, even despite the object being used. But Paul's gonna make this point that if the things you do need to be done in love. And it all comes back to chapter 12, because again, he's speaking to a church that's divided. And my heart today for you guys tonight, and it was in the prayer points, is that we wouldn't be a divided church. First locally, and then globally as the church that represents Jesus Christ. Because again, like a silly analogy, if my hand has a grudge against my knee, it does great damage, and it doesn't even make sense. And that's exactly what it looks like to the world when us as the church have a grudge against someone else in the body. It doesn't even make sense. And God is calling us to a place of, hey, recognize who you are, find out what your spiritual gift that I have gifted you with, be happy, desire the best gifts, go for it, but go as hard as you can with love, just the way I created you, because you're a part of a bigger body. You're a part of a bigger unit, a part of a bigger movement. And the more effective you are at being the best elbow you can be, the best lung that you can be, the better the body is for it. And my encouragement to you tonight, if you don't already know your spiritual gift, please find out. We're waiting for you to find out. You have a place in this church. And for those of you listening on Grace FM, if you're listening, you're like, well, I don't know. You can find all the resources on our website. Uh, it's under the gifts uh, series. But I also encourage you, find out where the Lord has called you and the church body that you're a part of. Find out your gift because your church is waiting for you. The body is waiting for you to get activated. The body is waiting for you to realize that you are the thumb and we can finally open doors. It's again, it's a silly analogy, but it works so well. You guys are all so necessary. But if you don't know what part you're supposed to be functioning as, it really does us no good. And you're missing out on what the Lord can do in your life. If those of you here tonight, you know what you are, but you're just, you know, not satisfied. I'm telling you right now, the Lord has given you those gifts for a reason, and he's going to be your satisfaction. Not the attention of men, not the praise and what you think is happening with someone that might have a, a better um, part of the body than you. Because God has given you and made you necessary. It says it in scripture. It's the truth. You are necessary. Even if you view yourself as a weaker part of the body, you are necessary. You are important. You have honor. And I can tell you right now, I can't do, and the same thing could be said. I know if, if Pastor Ed was here, if he was here standing on the stage, he would say the same exact thing. I can't do what I do without you. Our church is large. It's been blessed. And we're thankful for the Lord for what he's done. However, it depends on the body coming together in order for this church to, to do what it's called to do day by day by day. Pastor Ed couldn't do it alone, so he started bringing men alongside him. The assistant pastoral staff can't do it alone, so we started bringing those of you here in the church that are faithful to serve alongside us. You guys can't do it alone, so we're going to go out and reach the world because the more and more we have on the team, the more and more we have in the family, the more and more we have in the body, the more and more we can reach for the ultimate goal 
which is bringing people to salvation around the world. Amen? We are one body with many members, diverse yet unified. And we can't forget, God has called us according to his purpose for his pleasure and his goodwill. Let's pray. Dearly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for the truths that you gave Paul when he was speaking to the Corinthian church. Lord, I thank you that you were able to gift him with the words that he needed to jot down in this letter of really exhortation to this church that needed to hear it. I thank you, Lord, for the men and women who are here tonight who earnestly desire to know what you have for them in their lives so that they may be more effective for you. I pray, God, as we even dwell on the different points, Lord, I pray if there's any disunity here, Lord, if there's any grudges going on in our family, Lord, I pray that you would clean them up, that you would bring the peace, Lord, that you would bring repentance where repentance needs to be. You would bring love in those situations that need love. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are suffering, maybe not because of sin or because of a grudge, but just hurting. Life's been hard and difficult. Lord, I pray that you reveal those to us, Lord, that we'd be able to act like a hand bringing a bandage to a cut on a knee. We'd be able to bring that comfort that only comes from you and your word through relationship. I pray, Lord, that we would be effective for you in bringing lost people into the knowledge of you. Lord, I want to lift up each person that's here, and I ask, Lord, that you would excite them for why you've called them here specifically to Colorado, to Colorado, Lord, but also Calvary Aurora. You brought each of us here for a mission to reach our city and our state, to reach those circles of people that are around us, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our family, uh, families, Lord, or our neighborhoods, whoever it might be, I pray, Lord, that you would get us excited, that you'd stir up in us a heart of love to reach those who don't know you yet. I pray, Lord, for those who don't know their spiritual gift, that you would reveal it to them, Lord, that they would seek you because we know your word says, Lord, as we seek you with our whole heart, we're going to find you. So I know, Lord, as they seek to know what their spiritual gift is, they're going to find out. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal it to them and then stoke that fire for them to use it in the body so that we might be, again, more effective for your glory. I thank you, Lord, for the diversity. I thank you, Lord, for putting a passage like this in the scriptures so that we know how to handle when things come up. I pray, Lord, for our pride and our flesh tonight, Lord, I pray that you would calm it down, that you would kill it. Lord, that we might be able to look past ourselves and look towards you, look towards the cross. Lord, that we wouldn't just take communion here on Wednesday night, Lord, but that we would allow communion to be something that's daily a part of our lives as, we dwelling, as we're dwelling on what you did on the cross, as sacrificing selflessly for us. I pray, Lord, that we would live a life that's sacrificing and selflessly living for others, especially those who have yet to know you. I do want to talk to those of you who are here tonight who don't know the Lord. You know, everything I was saying, you're like, man, I, I kind of want to be a part of this body. Like, I, I want to have this special gift. Did God really make me? Is there a God that loves me so much that he made me unique? I have a place in this world? And the answer is yes. You do have a place in this world. God has a specific purpose for why you were created. And it does involve the body of Christ. And if that's you tonight and you want to start this relationship with Jesus, would you just stand so I could pray with you? And I ask you to stand so I could see you, but also because I want to pray with you. 
This is an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I want to have that place that God has created for me. I want to have this spot on this team, in this unit. I understand that I need God. I understand that I'm a sinner and I need saving from a savior who loves me. If that's you, would you just stand? Because I pray with you. Amen. Amen. Now you guys are going to be a part of the body. You're the missing piece. And we're excited to have you. Is there anyone else? All right, for those of you who stood, if you would just pray this prayer after me. It says in Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Because with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and you just repeat after me. Dear Holy Father, dear Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, my mistakes against you. Lord, I repent. I turn away from these things that have broken your heart. And I confess with my mouth that you are God, that you are the savior I need. Lord, please give me the strength to continue to love and to walk after you. And in Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.